Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I write you We gon' tell you the truth and nothing but the truth. Gangsta Chronicles, this is not your average show. You're now tuned into the real MCA, Big James, and Big Stairs. Strictly from the streets. Hello. We represent the James. Where you at? This is OG Gangsta Granny, and the Gangsta Chronicles podcast is back in effect. Get ready for some of that G shit. And blaze up some We like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Gangster Chronicles podcast. And I'm with my homeboys. Jay. Yeah. You know, back in the 90s, New York ran the game, and then Death Row came and the game changed. You know what I'm saying? 2000 said the South has something to say. And here they are today. In 1991, four homies would come together to further Atlanta's move. T Mo, Big Gip, Cujo, and CeeLo. Now known to the world as Goody Mob, will hit the scene. One of the first clicks in the South. The Dungeon Family and Superheroes, they would definitely be the Justice League. Their debut album sold mm-hmm. after 95. Late for super producer Rico Wayne's beats, these brothers showed the world that the South had real lyricists. And they forced the world to bow down, as a matter of fact. You know what I'm saying? And then they came up with the phrase, the Dirty South. A lot of people don't get y'all credit for that. You know what I'm saying? Let's work with my niggas, the Goody Mind. What's cracking, y'all? Hey, what's up, OG? What's happening? Hello, what a great introduction, my brother. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> man, that, that, that's what we have to do with, man. You know, in the presence of kings, man, you got to treat them as such. You feel yeah, what I mean? Man. Back, man, when y'all started, man, I, I look at the South as our cousins, man. You know, the West Coast and the South, we always got along real good. I see a lot of the homies running around out here. We go, and vice versa. You know, we go down there, man. And, um, you know, like my roots, man, from Mississippi and Memphis, Tennessee, eight. 
You know what I'm saying? Mississippi and Florida. James. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yes, indeed. I'm Mississippi. I'm Gulfport, Mississippi, and Tampa Bay, Florida. Them is my roots. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Damn, I never knew that. That's crazy. Yeah, my, 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 mom is, my mom is from Gulfport, Mississippi, so I took plenty of trips down to Gulfport. Right. <laughs> right. And when we, you know, we used to jump in the car and everything, man, to ride down south, man. And I ain't gonna say, man, that New York was necessarily hating because the fans is cool. They yeah. fight, you know what I'm saying? But when you know the West first came out, man, because um, you know, Luke and um uh, Mr. Mix were two live crews, good friends of mine. They told me how them cats used to cut the lights out on them when they was on stage, you know, just doing all kinds of right. stuff, man. When y'all first came in the game, man, what kind of resistance did y'all meet from the East Coast? The first video, the first video, as soon as we dropped sales there, we got banned from MTV. They 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 labeled us racist. So as soon as we came out, we was hit with a ceiling because we were speaking uh something different than what was going on during the day. But I mean, like you said, uh it really was never the people in New York. It was just always the people up in them buildings. They just wasn't gonna respect where we was from. And I think we always put it like this, like the first time we went to the Source Awards, that was the first time and I think all of us saw each other in the flesh. We had just been watching all of us, everybody was watching each other on BET. But I mean, that night at the Source Awards, that's the first night I really got to see eight. That's the first night I seen quick that's the first time I seen Death Row and everybody in the flesh, Wu-Tang. And I feel like from that night, we left there just feeling like we we gonna make the music. We gonna make the music to make them respect us. And I know that's the same way the West Coast felt that night. Like, yo man, like we ain't earned the respect, give us the respect. So we left there with that chip on our shoulder, like we gonna kick your ass, man, for the next 10 years. And we did that. <laughs> Y'all for sure did that, man, because I know out here, man, and I don't know how they can deem the sale therapy song as racist, man. You know, yeah, because uh, what 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 was basically considered racist, the content that they said y'all was talking about, I mean, or the images of the video. I mean, because MTV, I mean, the video motherfuckers, they was banning a lot of our shit back then. I mean, myself right. included. You feel me? Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm, Go ahead, bro. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they why they wrote it off as racism. I just think that you know the uh, the information, you know, um, you know that we were dealing with and that we was exposing or addressing. You know, I just felt like they had to be able to classify it in some regard of where they could write it off and support the song because we was, you know what I mean? Because we was, uh, you know, we 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 were being affected with the information too. You know, it was becoming a hit record at the time. That's what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Y'all definitely came with, like, with the cell therapy record, man. Y'all talked about, that was really a, like a prophecy almost. All the shit y'all talked about in that record, man, is happening right now. Did that ever fuck y'all up? Yeah. Well, man, look at the shit, man. It was some of that stuff was actually happening right then. It just wasn't publicized. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't nobody to speak on it. You know what I mean? So we were speaking on it. Folk just not really connecting with it because it's in everybody's face right now. You know, so we're talking about pre-iPhone. 
You know what I mean? This that was before this generation. You know what I mean? They only you know, it's something totally different. We from some a total different time zone, time warp. So the information that we passing right now so fast is just, man. I'm just, I'm just thankful, man, that, that right now we relevant, man. That people got got to hear what we got to say, man. I'm glad y'all were able to hear that shit, man, because the shit, man, is serious right now. If you look at what's going on, we got a different president in, in place, but. You know what's 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 the underlying issue that we don't see right now? What's what's the unseen hand right now? You can't get too relaxed. Yeah, we got yeah. a vaccine. Who gonna take it? You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't want to take it. I don't want to take it. But some people take it. So it's like you know what's it's a it's a big money play. It's a big money play right now, bro. Yeah, as they say, they say they use a weapons of mass protection. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. And, that, and that's the thing right there. It's like in Atlanta, y'all see me so different because it's a black city. It's like I, I was telling you before we came on, I went down there because my mama lived down there. That shit is like Wakanda. It feels so good to walk in the soul food restaurant without seeing a Japanese person back there cooking my greens. <laughs> it ain't nothing against Japanese people, but I go in there. You know, when you go to a soul food restaurant, you want to see a big black woman. Look like just like if I go to a taco place, I want to see a Mexican dude back there fucking with my tacos. I don't want to go back there and see no nigga fucking with my tacos. <laughs> 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 Not even on Taco Tuesday. Not even on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> well, you know, black tacos is different than Mexican tacos, dog. Yeah, my partner, you know you. You, you go, you go, you see a nigga back there make, picking some tacos, then you finna get done with ground beef and cheese, nigga. You ain't getting right now. I was always able to make the connection between uh, the South and the West Coast. Because, you know, we were doing khaki suits and Cortez, too. You know what I'm saying? So even the, even in the, uh, even in the, the fashion, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe the drawl or the way that we spoke. You know what I mean? Um, I had always saw, made, drew that, uh, made that, that connection with, with the West Coast, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, we're cousins. Because, you know, when I go down to, um, if you remember back in the 90s, man, you know, when you would go to Houston, Atlanta, different places, we all dressed the same. The reason we worked in yeah. church was that shit was cheap. <laughs> no, it, it was cheap, but it just, like, it influenced, that was, it, it that was our uniform, man. That was our daily motherfucking uniform, a khaki suit and shit. It, it defined who we were as uh, as motherfuckers with our signature on the West Coast. You know, uh, it was our staple, you know what I'm saying? Wearing a khaki suit, you know what I'm saying? So that's where a lot of picked up. And I think from the South gravitated, because like I said, I went to the South a lot to take trips. You know, summer vacations and shit like that, family reunions. You know, I never ventured to the East Coast. Yeah. Find a record deal. You get me? Yeah. So, both, most of my family vacations and summer vacations was going down to Gulfport, Mississippi, or going to Houston, Texas, or Louisiana, somewhere like that. So, I think that's where the music trying to made us cousins because we kind of familiarized ourselves with each other. What's the difference between LA and Atlanta, what's the difference between LA and New York? I mean, to me, I look at real motherfuckers as and back then you had real motherfuckers rapping, the majority of them. And, and 
it really wasn't no different to me. Whenever I went out of town with Shug, you always still had to be ready because, you know, motherfuckers say, oh, them motherfuckers ain't killers down there. Bullshit. Everybody killers. Every, I mean, you know, you got rappers all over the place. But what made the difference? I don't, I don't, I still don't understand that. What, what's the difference between Atlanta and LA when it comes to hardcore rap? Well, well, I'll tell, I, I tell you what the difference is, OG. Uh, the difference was that uh, in Atlanta, gangsters couldn't be gangsters on the outside because the gangsters in this city was considered king, was considered abandoned, was considered those kind of people. Those were the real gangsters because to us, they beat the system. So right. when it came to street shit, like real gangsters really had to talk to them politicians back then. Like Hosea Williams was a real gangster, but he wore a suit. You know right. what I mean? So it was just the presentation of it was totally different. And it was about damn near, it was it was in the church. Those were church men that was doing all that. Those were, those were actual people out of the church. But at the same time too, gangsters were very, they were different. Like, like I didn't know the difference between West Coast and Southern gangsters till I went to Denver, Colorado. And my cousin used to get up, and that was the first time I got introduced to gangbang. And when he would get up in the morning, he would instantly get his get get an iron out, do his t-shirt, do his khaki. That was his everyday shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> I sit there like, damn, like he was like, yo, this is our uniform. You know what I mean? This is what exactly. we do. And I and, and I didn't. That was the first time that I got in the car and they went on who ride. That was the first time that I heard E40 in the click. Too short, y'all. You know what I mean? I end up, that was the first time, and to be able to be in a gang banging environment. Mm-hmm. When I came back home, I was turned out because yeah, it was like always it got was, love out here. It, it, it was like something I had never experienced before. So I didn't I didn't recognize. What it was until I got into the environment of gangbang. It's a difference when you see people on TV and they wearing the khakis and you like, like you never knew why Easy E wore khakis and had a skull cap on. But you like, y'all in the West Coast, it should be hot every day. But you mm-hmm. get out there and see that at night it get cool. You need your phlegm. You know That's what I mean? Right. So when I got that, my when I got to Denver, and I got around other gangbangers, I saw how to dress and the environment. All made sense. Exactly, exactly. Now let me ask you this, man. Uh-huh. I understand. I understand. That's that's when I really understood that the uniform with gang banging is a re it's a reason why because they consider themselves soldiers and platoons, and these are sets, and and we are and this is our uniform, and you don't know that when you're watching it from the kids' standpoint on this side of the TV. You know what I mean? When I watch. You know what I mean? So you, you don't know it until you get into the environment. Why Cortez is why why you wear Cortez. Man, the niggas down here that wore dickies, them niggas actually used to work on cars. You know what I'm talking about? Working in a warehouse at that yeah. time. Yeah. That'd be their work clothes. I mean, they weren't actually banging, but they was like some family niggas that if you fuck with them, with their family, then it, it's on. You know what I mean? That's the type exactly. of shit. You know what I mean? Like, 
to this day, I know a 60 something year old dude that wear diggers and he just wear diggers because shit, you can go to Walmart and get yep. your clothes from Dickens. Get your clothes, you gotta spend a whole bunch of goddamn money on no clothes like they're doing right now. So I definitely double hand salute y'all, man, for that shit, man. Cause shit, we were wearing them whole suits, them whole overalls. You know what I mean? It's just really just in the trap. You know what I'm saying? Just that that was our trap deal. You know what I'm talking about? Up on the next yeah. shit, we just had our regular clothes. But once we jumped into that shit, it was time to go to work. Whether you was clocking in nine to five or whether you was traveling from nine to five. You know what I mean? That's right. So I mean that, uh, it ain't really no big difference between us. It's just a time zone, really. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, I say that every time I, every time I do records, or when I used to put out records and shit, when I used to talk to motherfuckers, I always wrote my records in the presence of niggas is all the same everywhere. You know what I'm saying? If we got niggas like this in my neighborhood, it's niggas just like this down in Atlanta, Mississippi, uh, <laughs> Texas, New York. So I always base my shit upon that because I never tried to base it on uh, we were the only gangsters or whatever. Like James would say, shit, <clears throat> niggas is hard everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Niggas will shoot you wherever. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter wherever the fuck you at. You right. do a nigga dirty and he about his business, nigga, you gonna right. catch that heat. So yeah. we, we we related in sort of all our struggles and the poverty and all that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? All, all our parents came from one place. You get me? Yes. Yeah. We got all doing music though. That really connects us. You know what I'm saying? Like like jazz and like blues and like soul music. You feel what I'm saying? So all that shit connect us because we pouring, we pouring our life in this shit. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, you can dance to this shit every now and then, but when you really start listening to this shit, niggas just pouring out their hearts and their souls about what the fuck going on in their neighborhood and you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So I look at that stuff, the music too, man. That shit connects us all, man. So it ain't that much of a difference. You know what I'm talking about? That's right. Gotcha. My bad, baby. It's funny to me too. It's like, like when Mom Jane said Suge, it's like, I never, like, we never looked at Suge as being threatened. Like, we just, like, where we from, big, big dudes all the time. You know, big country, you know what I mean? Like, he just big, you know what I mean? He was always with us. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, that, I never, I, it, when I got around them, like soon as that, that night after the Source Awards, that's the first night I met Corrupt and Dad. So it was like, we've been cool ever since. Like everybody that I ever met from the West Coast, it's like we still together 20 years later. Like I can go to Dad's house, see him, where you at, Ricardo? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's right. Like, for all the ones that, that wow. we met back then, I mean, wow. I remember when Snoop used to bring uh, Timo and Cujo got their weed to the, to the Lamontro. In the pathfinder. You know the thing is, man, and that lead up to my point, right? Y'all got y'all get guns easy as hell down there. Everybody and their mama got a pistol on that motherfucker, man. How is that like has that had an impact on the gun violence down in the city? Man, white folk got pistols. Matter of fact, they don't damn near bought all of them. You know what I mean? So they really down with that with that second is that the second amendment? Mm -hmm. Is that the second? If you have a bell on, and, and uh, these white folk down here take that shit like a commandment. 
You know what I mean? It's almost like they looking at you like, damn, why you ain't strapped? I mean, cause I see old white folk down here going up in Kroger in the grocery store, getting out the car strapped with they shit on them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the thing really is, it's really black on black though, really. You know what I'm talking about? At the end of the day, we, we got really more of that than they got them white on black. You know what I'm talking about? They just, once they got them put it on the news that a police done shot a, a black person, then that's when niggas get really emotional. But if you look at the statistics, they shoot more white folk than that. You know what I mean? We just get got more run-ins with the police. You know what I mean? We got, we got more we got. We got more run-ins with the police because Atlanta is a special kind of city at the same time. This is the only city that you're going to have Crips, Bloods, GDs, Vice Lords, and, and Mexican gangs. You're not going to have that in L.A. You're not going to have Crips having beef with GDs. That's going to be, it, 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 it's like that in Atlanta because it's enough Chicago people here that's bringing their culture here and it's enough L.A. people here they, and then you got the people from Atlanta that has gravitated to one side of that culture, either to the Chicago drill culture or to the L.A. gang culture. But it's all a mesh in Atlanta. So that's why right now you're having a lot of shooting because you're having a lot of people that's, that's really banging on each other. That's not even supposed to be banging on each other. But in this city, they, they, they're just they, they side by side. That's the thing about it. World Star, right? And you got niggas brandishing pistols all on World Star, right? You know what I'm saying? White folks see that shit too. So they scared too. They scared that motherfucker too. So that's why all the, all the goddamn AR 15 um, pistols, damn near, you can't damn near find them unless you build that shit on your own. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, this is what these niggas listening to. And they also new type of type of dope too. You know what I mean? We, you know, we came up off of we came up off of brown weed first. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then when we came out to LA, we really was like, oh man, but that shit didn't make us come back to Atlanta and shoot motherfuckers. You know what I'm talking about? It, it had an effect like that. So it's something, it's something else going on, man, to where the gun violence amongst our own people, you know what I'm saying, is 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 goddamn is, is at an all time high. Well, today you don't have leadership. Today you don't have that 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 big homeboy or that that one that one guy you can look up to that's telling you that this shit ain't cool. So right. you got a mix of motherfuckers out there drinking like a lean and all that other shit which we didn't have that back in the days. And then you got motherfuckers, crank, cocaine, blow, all that different type of shit that they can't even handle what they use. And they don't give a fuck why they own it. So that's the big problem that, that we have in the inner city, in the hood. You know, we doing shit that wasn't unheard, wasn't heard of back then. So you don't have that control. Know what I'm saying, and nobody want to take the initiative to grab hold of it. So it's just, it is what it is right now, and it's gonna stay that way until yeah. find somebody to slow these young cats down. Hold that thought, brother. We'll be right back. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Steel, James, eight. Y'all niggas better give me my $5. I put that on the set. I need to go get me some water mirror. My motherfucking feet fucking with me. Gangster Chronicles, my ass. Pay granny her money. This gangster granny. Y'all know me. Where you at? If you look at a lot of our shit from back in the days, you know, with banging and shit, um, we represented as far as, you know, our neighborhoods and the blocks we came from, whatever. But getting right. into the music, um, we really didn't have the, the, the avenues, so to speak, because like I said, the record labels were banners, video stations were banners if we promoted our shit to a certain extent of gangbang. Um, okay. The youth of today are living their affiliations through their music. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Um, Some yeah. of them. Yeah. 
the ones that you know we get the the violence from the hip hop whatever um they live in their affiliations through their music you know we got a lot of set claiming we got a lot of you know uh fuck your hood this is my hood we this we that you know and niggas is carrying that beef across states you feel me like we we had little beats in our music you know what i'm saying or whatever but for the most part we concentrated on our shit on just trying to get our shit out and our subjects or whatever we didn't really concentrate too much on that motherfucker across town or whatever whatever but now that you got the access that the youth got you get me you know what i'm saying I could start beefing with a nigga down in Atlanta with the hit with the with the with the hit of a button. You get me? <laughs> and 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 then I could jump, you know what I'm saying? The niggas want to venture to towns and shit. And they thinking, you know, I'm harder than this nigga. And like I said, you coming to my town and beefing with me across five states and shit, and then you show up acting like you hard, it's gonna end in a lot of gang violence, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> but hey, look at this. When I if I saw a, a goody mob video, I seen Cats having a good time. Yeah. Partying. Rap yeah. back doing their thing. You you watch one of our videos. Oh, I might have to kill that motherfucker if I ran into him. Exactly. That type of shit. It was it was a big difference, dog. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You didn't Definitely. feel like I had to carry my gun to this video shoot. If you watch yeah. the good yeah. video or you know, some of that nature, or them, you know, it was totally different. It was we didn't allow it. We we didn't allow it. We was we was we was so hand, you know, like being in the nineties. It was it was hands on. Exactly. Right? You was either respected or you wasn't. Niggas pushed you in your face and kicked you up your ass, man. The day respect you. You couldn't talk no tough shit. You couldn't do none of that shit. So it's like being from that era and now being in this era. It's almost like man, it's it, it's like day and night. Because, like Eight said, you can start a beef with somebody. And most of these beefs these folk get into on the internet. So, right. you like, what's the end all to this game? What's the end all to this game? Well, it's just like what what I learned. They say, Gip, what's bigger than a superstar? A dead superstar. The game Great now, line. the game now is pushed these kids until somebody knock their wig off. Now we control their whole life and their whole right. essence. We just waiting on somebody to knock six nine head off and whoever been putting that money on his head, they gonna live forever. So if you look at it right now, it's kind of turning into a very evil game right now in hip hop, especially when it comes to dead rappers being pimped by other rappers. Mm. You're right. I, ain't, I don't know if I heard some country niggas beefing. Oh goddamn! Yeah, I heard country, country. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get that. You know, like I said, we the 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 system today is that motherfuckers beef for popularity. You know, yeah. I never, I never got that. You know, how we did records and music back in our days, we got popular and we got known off our pure music and what we could spit about. And if you could spit, nigga, then you you that you was there. The game right now is I need to prove that I can um I can talk more shit than you and my hood is better than you my block is better than you the fuck your record and fuck you we didn't do that nigga put out a record back in our days if they wasn't to eat his own nigga that that's him you know what I'm saying how you feel about so and so's record 
Like in an interview, I would be like, hey, you know, hey, it, hey, it's all right. You know, it is what it is. You know, he doing, as long as the nigga ain't saying nothing about me. Nowadays, it's like, how you feel about this nigga record? Oh, that shit suck. That shit, that shit, that shit suck. Fuck that nigga. Fuck them. They ain't better than so-and-so block over here or so-and-so hood or town. Nigga, we the hardest motherfuckers around. Fuck you, nigga. And if you got beef, nigga, come on through, nigga. We out here. You get me? That, that's what... Niggas ain't civilized, man, in the rap game no more, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, one question I wanted to ask y'all real quick, man. Um, Atlanta has a... And if anybody say otherwise, they hate me. Atlanta has a stronghold on rap and hip-hop right now. And it ain't going nowhere no time soon. Um, but they got some dope lyricists. I don't hear some real dope kids down there. I don't see some, it's real creative down there, man. Um, do you guys do a lot of inter, intermingling with the younger artists in the city? Yeah, see, Lo, Lo just did something with uh. We, we we definitely stay connected to the youth. You know what I mean? Um, whether it's uh, you know, just the reverence and the respect, uh, or, or you know, or just you know, just uh, acknowledging, you know, what I mean, like you know what they contributed and the work and the quality you know, that they continue and represent the city. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's a lot of love and acknowledgement. I will say that. Like, I just got through doing a record with Earth Gang, and they get a lot of, um, there's some new young cats. They signed to J. Cole, and um, they, they, they dope. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they get a lot of outcast comparisons, so they come across like children of the Dungeon family. The obvious influence is there. You, you, you can see it as obvious, but they, they doing their own thing with it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we can salute that and we can support it. So if anything, we want to get underneath them and be that support system, be in their corner. You know, if they want to come and, you know, sit and get some OG games, get some get some advice, and so on and so forth. A lot of the conversations are, are really intimate and personal and casual in that way because this is like what I like to call a big little city. You know what I'm saying? And then oh, OG, I want, to, I want to cap off something that you were saying earlier too. You know, attention, bro. You know, attention is, is a drug, I man. It's highly addictive. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, these, these kids, man, what they're dealing with, you know, they, 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 uh, they, they, they dealing with pain too. I mean, so, they, so with the drug use, you know, it's a, it's a difference between drug use and drug abuse. So, mm -hmm. they, 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 we all in pain. You know what I'm saying? Right? We stay, we stay in pain. You mm -hmm. feel me? Right. If it ain't fucking something else, right? So, if they dealing with pain, you know, this is their way, they, they deal with it by, that, that issue is sedation. And they don't know how to deal with it directly or maturely as adults because they're not adults. They're kids with a new That's toy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So in that altered state, they're not even themselves. They don't, they don't, they're not in constant communication with an actual self. It hasn't been realized yet. So the motherfuckers that's committing these murders are those alter egos, those personas, you know, which can still classify as spirits or gins or evil. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, the open candy shit around here in Georgia, I fuck with that because it's really, it's not supposed to instigate or aggravate. It's really supposed to be a disclaimer that concerns and preserves life. If you know a nigga got it on him, you know what I'm saying, you feel me? You might want to think twice about that. So I think every place should be open carry. Really, it'll save more lives, if you ask me. Exactly. Right, that's right. Exactly. You, you see a pistol on this side. Right. Sorry, James. Go ahead. I just think some ignorant shit to be young as doing now. They walk up on you while your pistol in your holster and take that motherfucker. 
and run out the store with it. I'm gonna tell you how you know how you know how stupid shit run through your brain. You know how stupid shit run through your mind. You know what I'm saying? You see somebody with a pistol, you like, man, I wonder if I can just take that motherfucker. Like, no, 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 since the beginning man like i said i've always been a nigga interested in different forms of music not just on some gangster shit and y'all set the platform for you know for other niggas to know that it wasn't just about new york or west coast you know what i'm saying so it made me proud to be able to have some cousins from down south you know what i'm saying to, to represent man and i'm banging I'm, I'm banging looking through my window every day all day man it's just it's one of those classics, man, that everybody from out here, man, I don't give a fuck who you are, man. Y'all put out music, 
that is a staple for even us on the West Coast. You feel me? Right. Uh, you know, you know what we realize, OG? Man, we realize that shit, man. At the end of the day, it's even more against the, the individual to be your natural self. You know what I'm saying? That's why right. you gotta be. You gotta be alone in that. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You gotta be alone at first until you inspire other individuals. You know what I mean? That's right. right. Exactly. All right, fellas, let's pay some bills real quick. We'll be right back. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Still, James, eight. Y'all niggas better give me my $5. I put that on the set. I need to go get me some water mirror. My motherfucking feet fucking with me. Gangsta Chronicles, my ass. Pay granny her money. This gangsta granny. Y'all know me. Where you at? You know, one, one thing I'm going to go back to earlier, what you said, man, that's dope that y'all fucking with the kids because um, I, you know, I was A&R for a publishing company, man, for six years. And I saw kids take the most fucked up deals, even after I told them not to, even after I said, hey, man, check this out. Go to your attorney, man, and tell them to change this, that, and the third. 
I'm going to tell you a thing that happened to me. I had a kid I signed from Texas, man. Um, for one of the few kids they let me sign. You know, the motherfuckers quick to give you a pen with no ink in that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> they want you to do, do paperwork and research all day, right? You got to go ask some 50-year-old white motherfucker, to, you know, nope, nope. No diss to the white folks out there, but you got to ask some 50-year-old white motherfucker, hey, well, let me do the research on them and I'll get back to you, right? So yeah. I tell this kid, man, I say, hey, man, we just got a platinum black dog, you know, with ice cream plant job shit, right? He, you know, he was getting everything. I said, my nigga, you about to start making a little change. I said, tell them motherfuckers you want to, um, you want to, you don't, you don't want to co-publishing deal no more because it was just time to re-up, right? You don't want to co-pub deal no more. And they had the nigga in, in perpetuity type shit. And um, the nigga, okay, big dog, I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Man, he got in front of them white folks, man. They put that money out there, cash money, man. That motherfucker, man, dog, yeah, I went ahead and resigned. I think it's best for him. And that motherfucker sitting at home, I think he's working in the job right now, some shit, dog, because he's so frustrated. You know, so I think it's important, man, that we get these cats, man, the game, man, <laughs> for the ones that we are listening. Right, right, right. You said it's a whole nother level of dope. These motherfuckers is on Percocets. <laughs> I saw a motherfucker one time, man. I was in the studio with glasses, man. I saw a motherfucker take three Percocets, chew them motherfuckers, and chase it down with some lean. And you know what I saw his ass doing about an hour later when he woke up, talking about he couldn't breathe. I said, man, you can take your ass to the hospital. Your ass probably about that. That nigga still saying, you need to take your ass to the hospital. You can't even motherfucker. I wanted to ask this question, though, man. You know, and this is for the homie Kujo, man. He was in a car accident in 2001. And I gotta give it up to you, dog. You be out there, you be out there getting it in, dog. How did that how did that impact you like mentally, man? You know, you know the physical problem. How did that impact you, like, you know what I'm saying, in the head, man, and everything? That shit was it impacted me real fucked up, man, because now that I, you know what I'm saying, now that I've looked on back on to it, it was a it was a selfish move for me. Because I'm leaving the club, you know what I'm saying, lit. You know what I'm talking about? And I got to drive home. You feel me? So I made a fucked up decision to do that. You know what I'm saying? So not only when I did that, I put my family in a bind. You know what I'm saying? I put my group in a bind. So it was, it was bad. It was a bad decision making on my part. You know what I'm talking about? To do that shit. You know what I mean? So... Even though I made that drive plenty of time, you know what I'm saying, from the club, lit, you know what I'm talking about, but doing just that time for it to happen to me, you know what I'm talking about, because, hey, shit, that's, it, it's that is what it is, you know what I'm talking about, so I had to learn a lot from that shit, man, you know what I'm talking about, and I got to live with that shit for the rest of my life, and I got sons, too, so it was supposed to happen to me, because I, I didn't die at that time, you know what I'm saying, so... It's something for, for me to let my sons know and, and keep teaching them about shit. Don't you gotta think first, man. Don't do no, don't make no stupid, dumbass decision to do shit like that. I'm talking about so it impacted me a lot, bro, because I had to sit down and reevaluate myself. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I just shut down for a while. 
I just shut down for a minute, bro. But you know, most I show mercy on, bro. You know what I'm talking about? I'm a I'm a dirt bag ass nigga, but most I show mercy on me at that time, bro. If it wasn't as as terrible as it was, I'd had a DUI, bro. I'd have been fucked up. You know, the thing is, like I said, man, you hear, and the reason I asked is to touch on with me, I had a homeboy that I'm real close with, man. And when I tell you, we him played college football together, right? And I tell you, he was a nigga that ran a 4-3-40, man, could jump. And this nigga wasn't nothing but 5'10". He could jump on the back of a truck, you know, just jumping that motherfucker. Yeah. The most incredible athlete i ever seen, man. And he lost his leg. Somebody shot him and he lost his, you know what I'm saying? And I remember, man, I was talking to him one night and he hit me up and he was talking about like, just like, man, I got everything took from me. And I had to tell him, I said, man, you got, God got another purpose for you. You know, God got another purpose for you. Just seeing the stuff he go through, man, you know, I don't know you personally, man, but salute. Cause you out there doing your thing, moving and shaking. Like I said, you know, the most high of my family, and, and the mob, you know what I'm talking about? That, that was my, that was my goddamn, that was my, that was my leading, my leading point. You know what I mean? But it's like you gotta, you gotta keep going because I remember being little man in, in the neighborhood, and I remember seeing dogs in the neighborhood. You know, you had one, you had one leg missing. But that motherfucker, I seen him the next day, then I seen him the next day. I was like, damn, boy, that shit got to be tough, bro. I'm talking about you got the goddamn fend for yourself with three legs and you a dog in the neighborhood, Northwest Atlanta, goddamn Hollywood Road, goddamn Bishop Play, Zone, goddamn one. You know what I'm saying? Damn. So now I think about that same shit. Like, shit, if I still got that, you know what I'm saying? Still got the drive, still got the motivation to do it, I might as well do it because it's going to be a time where a nigga can't do it. They got to keep it real. It's going to be a time where they ain't going to do it. So they gotta go as hard as he can right now. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of the, the, the criticism, regardless of or whatever, they just gotta go hard and deal with that shit later. You know what I mean? So it's a nice like a goddamn tomorrow ain't promised type of attitude. You know what I'm saying? With me, especially with the Survival Kit album. It's like a tomorrow ain't promised. See what we got going on. You know what I'm saying? Some of our greats are just dying off from like, Prince Marky D, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, this this is what we do, you know what I mean? And we got to keep putting music out and they done got it to what now it's about streaming now. So it's almost like, damn, you got to work double time and then you got to put back here. And then you got to goddamn, you know, got to put bread over here for this playlist, the bread over here to market this type of shit. So it's like, oh, white folks do it every day, man. One finger missing, one eye on shit. Kid. I mean, foot gone, diabetes, they just, they got to keep it going for, for the kids, bro. That's what we do. Exactly. That's the type of people we are, man. We got them in the face of adversity. We get, we get stronger. Them type of people we are. That's the type of people we come from. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely in our lineage, man, to just keep pushing forward, man, through adversity, man. And you know, hip, my nigga. This is something I've been meaning to, I've been wanting to ask you, and I told myself, I said, we interview these niggas, man, because I had a question. You got some pimp bones in your body, don't you, dog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pimp bones in you. Have you ever been out the blade before, man? Huh? Have you ever been out in the blade before? Have you ever pimped before? 
Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. No problem, nigga. Shit, let me just start with no help. And I'm going to tell you, man, you know, my uncles, man, I'm originally from Ohio, right? I come from a long line of pimps, right? Mm-hmm. And my uncle Boogie used to tell me, man, it ain't, it, it, it ain't, it ain't got, a, it ain't in you, but on you. You know what I'm saying? So you can just yeah. tell certain niggas the way they move, man, and everything, man. <clears throat> yeah, she is, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's, I mean, that's a skill that, you know, man, like for us '90s folks, you know, the world changed for us. Right. The world changed, man. When that 2000 hit, that 2005, a lot of things, are, you know, the way the world was moving. Well, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, you know, uh, once you've been in the game for 10 years, you get tired. Mm-hmm. You get tired. You get tired of the whole rigmarole. You're trying to find other things to do. And, man, you know, in them dark places, man, you know, them street skills kick in, man, when, when the industry ain't there. You know what I mean? And, you know, like, uh, you know, like, and you know, when it get dark, man, shit, before we drown, we going to get down. We going to pull out that light jacket. And uh, one thing about it, man, you know, women gonna take care of a goddamn the right one. You talk to her, right? So hey, man, you know, you either go choose drugs or you gonna choose the game. So That's you know, shit. because you know these these you know, out here pimping out with dope, man, and you know, snatching the young girls up, which I ain't with, man. But I saw my uncle, man. He's still with his bottom woman. They got kids together. You know, I got cousins and stuff, and they out there, they out, out there, like doing their thing, chilling, dog. But at one time, man, my uncle was like ten deep. Uh, yeah, and right. to put his hands on their bra, he just talked, and they moved. Yeah, some people got that skill, man. I learned it young, and you know, you like there, you like that shit, huh? Still, you like that, huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man. That's my time. way pressed. James, what's wrong? What's wrong with him, James? Man, my nigga James don't don't don't. I think it's something don't happen with his phone. He'll be back on here in a minute. But um, you know, one thing, man, I want to tell y'all cats, man, it's good to have y'all back in the game, man, because I'm not never gonna be one of them old niggas dissing with the young cats who's doing that state shit. You feel what I'm saying? This day time now, they doing what they do, but. We got hip-hop graduates now. We got niggas that's 50 years old that was raised on hip-hop. I listen to number of rap music, so I got to have me some shit listening to, too. I can't have a nigga in my ear going, eh, eh, you know, all that. You know, I need to hear some edification, man. You know, these kids out here, some of these niggas is rapping like that nigga from um, South Park. South Park. What's the little dude from South Park? Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny. Yeah, some of these little niggas sound like Kenny from South Park. He just put a little auto tune on it. And I said, man, this shit needs a motherfucker. No, Your ass crazy as a motherfucker. I can knock the dog because my son sit around this motherfucker and bump that shit all day and try to tell me, man, I almost had to hit my son one day. He told me, I was listening to Scarface. He said, man, little Uzi Vert harder than him. Who is that? Uh, I said, the Scarface? I said, man, you bite your tongue, little nigga. And ain't no diss with Uzi versus y'all niggas out there. Don't be clipping my video up talking about steel. Don't yeah, nigga, you gonna go viral in a minute because nigga gonna be all in your <laughs> shit with that one, nigga. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me, man, into my next thing, man. How do y'all, just coming from the era that we come from, man, back in the day, you know, you go on a promo door, you, you do an album, man, you 
90 day setup, right? Now it's just like, man, this shit is just like, okay, we're gonna put the album out for two weeks. Yeah, two weeks, man. We're gonna put the album out tomorrow for our seven years. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, it's better, man. But I, I ain't gonna lie, dog. I was talking to Mac Chen one day, right? And I was asking him, I said, nigga, get your get off your ass and go get back in the studio. He told me, he said, still, I'm gonna be honest with you, it ain't the same no more. I used to like going out, interacting with the fans, going to go do the in-stores and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? How it was before we get to interact with the fans, you go on promo tours, you go to different cities. He said, man, I'm just like, it's just not the same no more. Have y'all ever felt like that? Have y'all ever got to the point where y'all feel like, man, this shit is way different now? I mean, <laughs> I mean you know what it is? I mean, it, what people don't understand is that we still, we never stop moving. So even after we did you know, uh, we started doing our solo albums. Cujo uh, was still, Cujo put out a book. Cujo put out an album. Timo was still doing a lot of stuff. I went and did five years with Nelly. Low went and did five years with Danger Mouse. You know what I mean? So we still mm -hmm. was kind of like in the mix of what was hot and what wasn't hot. And we still was still kind of seeing that the industry was changing because of the content. You know what I mean? And what they were putting their money on, you know what I mean? So it, it, it was just a different experience. When I got with Nelly, and I, we did a go round, then eight million, you know? So it was still, we were still moving and all of us were still talking. So I felt like once we came back together and then once we Lo did the, the voice, we did a TV show on TVS. Then we did, we was the first rap group to have a, 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 a Vegas show. Low, low had the Vegas show at uh, Planet Hollywood. So we were still doing things. I just think that the industry has just turned they, they head to the younger generation because they know they can go, like we, like we just said, they can go pimp the young. When they exactly. See, when, they, when they see us and when we still being able to be here and still be able to be relevant without their help, they, they shine that. That's the reason why they started paying these kids millions of dollars so they wouldn't miss none. So if a kid arrives, see most of these kids in Atlanta, they rich, man. Like this shit, this, this shit rich right here, man. These kids sit right here on six, eight million dollars. And then there's a whole bunch of them. You know what I mean? And, and that streaming money, if you got two, two, three little hot little hot little songs on that streaming shit, man, some of these kids can see 200, 300, 400 thousand dollars a quarter. That's a streaming check. And I tell people all the time. Us coming from the nineties, we don't even know what the streaming check looked like. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> so it's like when the kids they look, they like, oh man, we get millions off the street. We get millions off goddamn these deals. And we still think about these kids. You can look at Lil Baby as an example. He been at the house a whole pandemic, right? He still made 19 million dollars. In the pandemic, it ain't been nowhere. That's the beautiful. That's, that's the difference, and that shit that us coming from the nineties, we don't even know what that feel like. So just imagine talking to a kid that has sold over twenty five, almost thirty million records on his first two records, and he's sitting on that kind of cash. He ain't got no. What's the conversation? They've already beat everything we can teach them, but what they can't, what they don't know is, hey man. It's gonna slow down. And when it slow down, that's when you're gonna need I know. Cause when them folks get off you and you not the hot new chick no more, you're gonna see how 
that person that you thought was your friend, they ain't your friend. When that building change up, and on that next quarter, you don't know nobody in that building, and, 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 and don't nobody connect with what you're doing, you'll see, then you'll understand that you're in the industry of business. Because as long right. as you got a good record, it's entertainment. But when you ain't got no hit record, oh, it's the industry. Real shit. You can see the motherfuckers out there a bar and a half. <laughs> you just gave them a you just gave them a bar and a half. See, see the thing is, man, with, with these kids, like you said, what goes up must come down, man. Don't nothing last forever, man. And you can really go out there if you're not careful, man. Like I look at these cats sometimes, man. They buying these Rolls Royces. Soon as they drive off the lot, fifty thousand dollars. You know they lose fifty thousand dollars, right? And then if they go put some paint on them, they don't fuck it up. Now they're losing the thing. So it, 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 it depreciates. You have to invest in the things that do appreciate, like uh, real estate, marketing, the land, booming. So I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm proud, man, to see some of these little cats out there winning because they got the independent spirit, which came from. You know, the South and the Jay Princes and different people, the masterpieces of the world. So these kids kind of came up, man. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do my own shit because now, man, you know, we used to go to the studio, man. It was, you know, you had two-inch reels and shit, man. You had all this other shit. You had to go, you know, really put some shit. You know, you had to spend some money. To go yeah. <laughs> you had to spend some money. Now these little niggas, man, they go on their cell phone and make it. I heard a little nigga the other day who played me some shit. I said, what you do this at? She saw my race. So I did it on my cell phone. I said, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, damn, I wish they'd have had some shit like that back in the day, you know, because you had to go out and then you had to come to the studio back in the day with your shit prepared because you couldn't get in there fucking off no whole bunch of time. You ain't had to. No. <laughs> damn, at all. You had to already wrote and make it your time for your verse to come up. You don't hurry up because you, you know we got to run another time. I'm gonna tell you, OG. I, I really, th I, I, I thought the game started changing once that ringtone shit started. When that shit started, that's when I was like, the game changed. When Soldier Boy did what he did, I was like, wow. And understand that boy still rich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when you look at some of these, when when the game went out of the street, out of the promotional department, out of the street teams, it went to this this telephone digital shit. That's when the game got tricky. Yeah, for real. Because I'm looking at a lot of people who popular now, and I'm like, damn, I ain't never heard one car go down the street play their music. Exactly. Well, we, well, we I say the same shit. Like, who, I mean, who ride down the street playing that fast-ass shit? Or who ride down the street playing? I mean, can you see yourself like how we used to do back in the days, nigga? You roll down your window, you will hear somebody bumping some goody mob out the car. You will hear right. a nigga like, a lot of this shit, I'll be like, who playing that shit? Because I don't hear that shit nowhere. It's digital. All digital. Like they, tell, they tell me now, they say, Gil, it ain't even about the radio, it's about the playlist. Yep. So it ain't even about the radio no more. And and another thing that these kids got that I love is that they don't care about the awards. Them little trinkets that they used to just put up in your face and have you like, oh, I gotta have a grant. Them niggas don't care nothing about that, man. Give me the money, man. The yep. money going. Give me the money, man. You can keep the trophies. Exactly. When you look at a kid that prop that comes from our crew, when you look at future and look at what he did. It's like, bro, they don't care really nothing about that. Look at what Drake and D. When I look at 
How many, man, I've never seen an artist stay hot for 10 years, man. I ain't seen. Not like him. I, I've never seen. Not with the different type of records. Here, you're singing here and here. You're on the ghetto records. You're breaking new artists. It's just, it's just like this digital shit and gave a person who not going to sleep an advantage over another person that, that's still on 90s time. So right now for us, when when it was when this pandemic hit, it gave us a chance to get in the studio and be like how we was on the first album. Ain't nobody moving outside. We can't go nowhere. We sat right there. We created Survival Kit in four months. No ghostwriters, just organized noise at us. No A and R's. Put it out ourselves. And right now, I feel like we broken the ceiling. For anybody from the 90s, because for us right now to have an actual song out and it's on BT, MTV, and, and BT Jam, hey, bro, they said we couldn't do that. They said it was impossible. So, with that being said, I'm so glad that me and my group and what the pandemic did, it won't vote for them back up. That's what it did. It won't back up. It woke y'all the fuck up. And the thing I like about what y'all did, man, y'all went back and got the OG Chuck D. How that shit go? Cool, y'all good at Good. Hey, bro, I, um, man, I had, a, I had a number, I had a line on Chuck D, man, right? But um, I, we had a track, right? CeeLo had laid some, he had laid a verse on the, on the track first. And then he had like a little, um, he had like a little chorus going like, are you ready? And I was like, man, that nigga Chuck did sound good on that shit, man. So, and I just reached out to him, man, and he, um, he got back with me, man. I was like, shit, fuck, man, this shit would be, this shit would be false, man. If, man, if you could just get on the record, man, just, man, just say whatever you want to say, man. It don't, it don't matter, man. We just need your voice, man. He's like, nah, Cujo. It's like, man, you. You write what you want me to say, man. Just you know, what I'm saying this, this y'all shit. So I sent him some shit. He sent it back. I was like, damn, well that shit sound good. So I gave it to Ray Murray with organized noise, and he went in there and chopped that shit up so goddamn hard, man. It sounded like Chuck D was right there in the studio with us, man. Mm. You feel? So that was a man. That was an OG call, man. Man, he came back with it, man. He said, man, I'm about to get ready to go into the grid. So, man, you, you right on time. So, man, I mean, shout out to the OG Chuck, man, for the inspiration, man. Exactly. He's one, definitely one of all our, should be one of all of our all-time favorites. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you, you got to pay homage to Chuck D, man. And this is what I wanted to ask Seba right there, right? Cause you was a rapper, you, you were all y'all some rapping ass niggas, man. Y'all most of us you know y'all lyricists, you know what I mean? <laughs> when that you dropped, that was like the sound, like like you know how you have certain songs that's like the soundtrack to your a certain period of your life. Mm -hmm. When crazy came out, I always think about my oldest son. He was just going to high school playing football and shit. And, you know, that was that was a big record, man. <laughs> you jumped completely, man, from that. To damn near jumping off in some whole alternative shit, man. Like saying, <laughs> I mean, like that, that, that shit knocking. 
was it different on that other side, dog? Well, I was the realest nigga out there, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I didn't receive it like that. I, I, received, I received it as um, extension um, and a branch, you know what I'm saying, like from the same tree, you know, stemming from the same root. So it, it's all been an extension of Dungeon Family and what it enabled me to do, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, just always, you know, trying to represent us the best, uh, represent our best interests, you know what I mean? Like our ability, you know, um, our reach, our range, and, you know, stay connected to it. You know what I mean? Let's stay attached to it. And I, I say this a lot. I feel like we was able to stretch without snapping. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. it's really a testament, a testament to the elasticity of the understanding you know, um, and equality we had um, as, as a large collective. So, you know, I had just always felt like it was just that time, you know, it represented that time of, you know, that time period of, of growth and development. That's just where I was, but I had done, I had done variations of smaller, smaller, smaller uh, scales of it with just keeping the hooks and keeeping the melodies around. No different than what Nate did for Death Row. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I would liken it to. You know what I'm saying? So it was just a bit more expansive. I just um, elaborated a bit more on what I could do vocally and melodically. You know what I'm saying? And um, it worked. But the, but the treatment was really no, diff no different because they didn't really know. They didn't associate my history. That's why I was able to stay solid through it because I had the foundation. But for them, I, it's almost as if I fell out of the sky. I'm just another big black nigga that can sing with, with soul. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they still celebrate that uh, in places that I that I did my baby, um, in places that I really translated and did well at, which was England and abroad. You know, I mean, like they celebrate soul music and black culture more than we do. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. looked at and I was heralded and revered and uh, and, and exalted as a genuine article, the real thing. You know what I mean, like a like a um, you know, like a Luther Evangelist or a or whomever, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, um, yeah, right. one of the, you know, the, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, they, they gave me, the world gave me the greatest compliment, and, you know, I brought it on back home. Like, I, I took it as a as an adventure, an excursion, you know, uh, a, a living experience, you know what I mean? Like, we went on the roller coaster ride and we came on back home. You know what I mean? So, like, it was never about me going anywhere to stay. You know what I'm saying? It was about us going out. Um, as far as we can go and as high as we can go, planting our flag there, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, and claiming that's the victory and coming on back home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I'm, right. I'm not gonna lie, big dog. You know how everybody put rumors out there, but ain't nobody talk to y'all. They just probably, yo, goody mob got beef. They, they broke up. I ain't even gonna ask y'all about that stuff, man. How did it all come back together, bro? That's what I that's what I want to know. How did it all come back together? The joggers call one day, the gift call you and say, hey man, we're gonna get this crack and T Mo call somebody. Like how, how did that go down? Well, big bro, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna continue on and say <clears throat> we stay in constant communication. Um a lot of people don't know the true historical account, but we our history dates back post dates before music. Me and T Mo grew up, we went to elementary school together, we went to we went to nursery school together. Timo's about three years older than me, so those three gentlemen there 
Gip, Pete, and Pete Mo says, hush on that right there, man. With that age <laughs> thing right there. <laughs> you know, they, they graduated with my older sister. You know what I'm saying? And let's say me and Andre 3000, we went to elementary school together. So we've known each other literally all of our lives. You know what I'm saying? So um, it wasn't easy for us to stay connected. And, and like, you know, it's a lot of love, a lot of respect, a lot of admiration. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, no matter what we accomplish individually, man, we remain teachable. You know what I'm saying? And so there's humility there, man. Humility there. And you know, we got elders, we got OGs, and man, like I think that's a I think that's a structure that's lacking for the, the younger generation. But how I come up, you know, like I know how to get in a position and I know how to soldier up for the set. And that's what you know what I mean, like that's that's what I do. You know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, um we had we had we had differences because we're men and one thing can default another. You know, because you can't do two things at once, you know, uh, more, uh, you know, or you can't be two places at one time. So if my ambition was taking me here and there was a collective opportunity that that got defaulted, yeah, that's there's friction, you know what I mean, and there's there's frustration in that. But that's circumstantial, that's not personal, and it's definitely mm -hmm. not malicious or or intentional, you know, in any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? So we ain't never get evil with each other, no bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause anything I got out in the world. I definitely tried to share for the best of my ability, and the brother and the brothers can 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 confirm that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you yeah. know, but we we men right. and we artists, we got our own little egos, we got our own little entitlements, we got our own little, you know, um, ideas of of how things should go. We just have to correlate them, and it and it's difficult. It's even difficult to do because there are no more four man groups like this. Man, we the last one of them left. I think. True. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So. It, 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 it takes time to take, it takes sacrifice, it takes patience and trust in the process, man. But you know, we here, man. We here, man. You know I'm going to talk that shit to y'all today, man. We here, man. man it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just lovely that, like I'm saying, you know, coming from the era that I come from and y'all being a part of that, that we can show motherfuckers that we, uh, you know, that we can still stick together as grown men. And like you said, you know, you're a man, you're a man. You're going to always have a stand ground, stand your ground and a point, your own point of view. But, you know, as brothers, you're able to mend fences and shit. And for the culture of, you know, the, the hip-hop groups and, and that longevity, you know, it's good to see y'all, you know, put out this record. Absolutely. Fans not going to let you get away with it. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like, down there, every time walking out my crib, first thing I see somebody that, that recognize me. It's like, man, y'all still doing music, man. When y'all gonna put another uh, another album out? Oh man, I love, I, I, man, CeeLo, my favorite. Oh man, Gip, I love Gip, I love Timo. So you know what I'm saying? You get that pressure from your fans, and you be like, damn, shit. You know, this is what the fuck I do. You right, man. You right. So you know what I'm saying? I guess niggas is we get that shit at the same at the same time. And then it's like, man, just gets like riding a bike again, man. We know, I mean, just for some reason, just like you were saying, Justice League, you know, we got them that, that phone ring. Got them, it's time for y'all got them boys to suit exactly. up. They're acting up, you know what I mean? Like, like the back's getting to go up. Well, we like, dang, they're trying to got them suit up. You know what I'm saying? Because we got, there you go. Man, we do shit, we do shit, man. It's 24 hours in a day. Nigga trying to sleep for eight hours, you know what I'm talking about? Then we got the rest of them out to do what the fuck we got to do. Then we look up. They got a goddamn G-Mob symbol goddamn. Hey, 
It's time to goddamn hit the lab, man. It's trying to got time to get down on it. Plus, this was our 25th year anniversary of Soul Food. The first album that we ever put out, you know what I'm talking about, with organized noise. And motherfuckers was giving us our flowers, you know what I'm saying? Like, we like, damn, man, let's put another record together, man. That shit would be, that shit would be great for our fans, man. And uh, mm-hmm. we got team back up with organized noise, man, and got in there, man. That shit was just. Man, that shit was glorious, man. That shit was magnificent, bro. That shit felt like old times, man, back in the dungeon, back in 94, 95, man. So we couldn't recreate a soul food, but we could damn near get close to it, man, with this survival kit, man. Yeah, bro. That's how Cujo say, Big B still. Yeah, a lot of real niggas kept me real, too, on the street. Nigga be like, man, yeah, man, we like the singing shit, bro, man, but what's up with the motherfucker? <laughs> 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 um, you gonna always get that shit. The homies be like, yeah, I like that shit. That shit is oh, cool, man. but motherfucker, when you getting back on that goody mob shit, my nigga? <laughs> exactly. And, and trust me, I can do a lot, and I've done a lot, I cannot do, I, I can do a lot, and I've done a lot, but I cannot do what, what I, what, what goody mob do alone. So I'm not whole if we not together. That's right. All right. There's some real shit, man. And in fact, man, like you said, y'all got history together. Y'all dudes is brothers, man. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. When you got that history, it overcomes a lot of stuff. The thing I like about it, bro, on this show, we, we don't do the shock jock shit. You know what I'm saying? It's a real conversation, you know, as, as men, right? The thing I love about it as black men, Y'all came back together, man, and handled business, man. It wasn't never, no, I ain't never see y'all out there taking shots at each other. I'd have never hear none of the bullshit, none of the shenanigans. It was just back to, I'm like, oh, man, goody mom, man, no shit. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's cracking, man. And I love it, man. And I, I definitely, man, what I'm going to do, I want y'all to, man, either we got to come to Atlanta or y'all got to come out here, dog. We got to do this shit in person, dog. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I gotta meet Ma James in person, man. Hey, you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm my big bro all the time, man. You know, and I don't want to start cheering up right now, man. You know, y'all talk about the digital age. Uh-huh. This shit don't save a lot of niggas' lives, man. And it's like, um, you know, you got stuff like this, like James, man. When I when we first came up with the concept for the show, man, and I saw him. I don't cry over a lot of shit, dog, but I was moved to tears because just from their brother's sincerity, man. And like, it's crazy because one day I'm on Instagram. You know how you don't check your inbox messages. I don't never check that shit. I go in there and Shaq don't send me like five messages. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mob James, OG Mob James, what's up? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn. I tell mm-hmm. James, he said, man, ain't nobody. Just stop playing. You know, Shaq sends me a video. James, I'm fuck with you, baby. You know what I'm saying? So. Just that stuff, man, it's like, man, that lets me know right there, man, that it's a need out there, man, for the OGs, man. It's a need out there, man, for the goody mobs, man, because what these kids crave, they crave knowledge, dog. No matter how foolish they act sometimes, no matter how they act, they're looking for guidance, because you got to remember, dog, a lot of these cats ain't got fathers in the house, and it was different with us. Our daddy might not have been in the house, but we had that uncle that would whoop your ass and punch you in your chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey Norm, you gotta let them know too. When when he told me we had y'all and we was gonna do y'all today, I told him bullshit. The nigga sent me a text Man. with some with old girls saying, "Yeah, it's for real. They want to do the show." I'm I'm like I'm like this, man. I never thought 
guys in y'all caliber be sitting there talking and fucking with me. You feel me? This regular ass cat, you know, and it's a it's a privilege to be sitting here talking to you brothers and listening to y'all story. And you know, he tell me a lot of shit, and I'd be like, man, them CeeLo? No, them niggas ain't fucking with me. They ain't fucking with us. <laughs> and here we are, man. What? I'm I'm sitting man. here talking to you oh. brothers, man. <laughs> OG man, listen. I watched every one of them Blair interviews you did, man. So what what OG still just said, that's how I felt too. I felt the the sincerity, man. You talking about bro, talking about Buntry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel me? So no, man, it ain't nothing but love and respect. 100. See, look, what you got? Some shit. Yeah, the, the, those interviews, that series of interviews that you did was so moving. By the time Gangster Chronicles come about, it makes sense to me because your image and your energy, it, it, it was it was captivating. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Real strong. Yeah, man. So wow. we not going to hold y'all no more, man. We going to put this album, man, in our, like, because I'm starting to look Gangster Chronicles. You know, we got a little fans now and stuff like that, man. So I'm going to start a Gangster Chronicles playlist, man. And we going to put this out there to the world. You know what I mean? We about to put exactly. this. Exactly. I'm about to put this That's on. Out. So much, man. Thank so, you so much, King. Oh, for sure. Y'all have to come out. I'm going to tell you, when I come to Atlanta now, I don't want it because y'all some real niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I'm in the city, dog. But let's get it in. You know what I'm saying? We here. Right. <laughs> but, right. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey. I want to put yes, it out there, too, bro. We fucking around again. You know, we we, we, we cooked every so often. So I just want to put it out there and extend the, the opportunity. And invitation, man. Let's just let's, let's, let's go in together, man, and fuck around. I, I would love to. Man, any man, anytime, man. Just man, whatever we can do. I would I would be honored. So yeah, let's make it happen. Well, that concludes another episode of the Gangster Chronicles Podcast. Be sure to download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles Podcast. For Apple users, find that purple mic on the front screen of your phone, subscribe to the show, leave a comment and a rating. Executive producers for the Gangster Chronicles are Norm Steele, James McDonald and Aaron MC8 Taylor. Our visual media director is Brian Wyatt. Show's audio editor is Taylor Hayes. The Gangster Chronicles is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. Any questions or comments, hit us up. The Gangster Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com. Peace. Be safe out there. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free 
through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Today. 